This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 337.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great sci-fi novels starring women and featuring sapphic romances. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so my first pick is The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. And it was, I kid you not, my favorite book of all of 2020. And normally I, you know, kind of hedge around when it comes to my absolute favorite books of the year because I usually read so many great books. But like, I don't know, 2020 was just a year where this one rose above the rest. The Space Between Worlds is set in a future where climate has wreaked havoc on the planet and these big cities that are walled have kind of sprung up and inside because of capitalism it's very nice and cushy and that's kind of where you want to be if you have to live in a future where climate disaster has changed everything but on the outside there are still people living and still people trying to make a living and trying to survive Um, they just don't have as comfortable or as nice of a life as those inside the cities So that's kind of like the context of this world. The book is about Kara, who is a young woman who grew up and was born outside of the city walls. And she has had a really, really rough life. And so much so that she's, you know, almost died multiple times. She's made it to adulthood. And she finds out that the one perk to having such a rough upbringing is that um, in this future, There's a very rich billionaire who has figured out how to travel through the multiverse. And that is pretty cool for him because he is able to make it into this mega corporation business. And their whole thing is that they travel the multiverse and they steal resources from other versions of Earth and bring them back to their version of Earth because, again, climate change, it's not a good situation. Obviously, the whole point of the multiverse is that, like, it's infinite, but you can only travel to similar enough versions of your own world and survive. So there's something like a couple hundred versions of Earth that they can travel to, and they need people to actually do the traveling. So the one hitch is that you can't travel to an alternate version of a world where your doppelganger is still living because... 
I don't know, some sort of science, logic, whatever. Basically, if there's two of you in one world, the person who's the interloper basically kind of ends up just dying. Uh, Like, I don't know, it's not like spontaneous combustion, but it's a pretty messy death. So that is where Kara finds that her rough upbringing has an advantage because she has nearly died so many times throughout her life. And as a result, her doppelgangers haven't all been quite as lucky as her. So she is one of the few people that can travel to a bunch of different alternate versions of this planet in order to, you know, observe and steal resources. And so she is hired by the corporation to do that. And she's seen as a very valuable employee because of her ability to go to so many different worlds. I think she's like one of the few employees who can go to as many, like almost like 40 different worlds. So she knows that if she works at this corporation for 10 years, she can apply to gain citizenship within the walled city. And that's what she really, really wants. And so she's on year six when the book begins. And she's just kind of got this keep her head down mindset, work really hard, you know, more than halfway there, don't mess it up. But she's also sort of sensing the winds of change within this organization. And she's worried that the corporation might make travelers like her redundant at some point. So that's kind of like the the sort of mindset that she's going into when the book starts. Now, the book really gets going when she discovers that one of her doppelgangers in one of the worlds that she hasn't been to yet has died. And so as a result, she can now go and visit that world. And so they start to set up a mission for her to go there. However, once she arrives there, she realizes that like, you know, her doppelganger who died, it obviously wasn't a natural death. And there might be more suspicious and darker reasons for why she's been sent there. And she walks right in the middle of this vast conspiracy that doesn't just concern her own world, but all the other worlds as well. And so she has to make a decision. Like, does she ignore it, turn her back, walk away, keep her head down, try to get that citizenship that she so desperately wants? Or does she actually do something about it? And I'm not going to say anything more because I feel like that the reading experience is definitely enhanced when you don't know too much about the actual plot and what happens. I will say, though, that this book was so tightly plotted and it had so many fantastic twists and turns and reveals. And I will say I did see some of them coming, but... It was fun because I really enjoyed them and they were very satisfying, even if I did see them coming. But just as many as I saw coming, I didn't see a ton more. And that was really exciting because I I realized probably about 75 pages in, every single detail in this book matters. And it comes back in some really interesting, really surprising or really exciting way. I would read this book over and over again just to see how the author pulls off this plotting because it's really excellent. Uh, I also really liked Kara. You know, she's one of those tough heroines who's had to learn how to basically tough it out on her own. 
but she definitely has a vulnerable side and you see that come out in her relationship with her handler, Dal. Um, she and Dal kind of have this like, will they or won't they flirtation going on? And of course, there's always more to that story than you initially realize. And so their relationship was really beautifully done. Um, there's a bit of a mystery going on in this book. I, there's just so many wonderful elements And it was also one of those books that I don't think I ever would have picked up if I hadn't just picked it up on a whim last year. And I ended up buzzing through it and absolutely loving it. So um, it's one of my most recommended books of the last year and a half or so. Uh, That is The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. My next pick is Barbary Station by R.E. Stearns. And this is the first book in a trilogy uh, that is mostly set in space and on space stations. And so Barbary Station has two protagonists. Their names are Ada and Iridium, and they are a couple. They are an established couple at the very beginning of Barbary Station. And they have also just graduated with their engineering degrees. Um, However, they've graduated with their engineering degrees in a solar system where basically the job market is absolute trash. And they're kind of coming off of like this war and some skirmishes that have really destroyed the economy. And so these two met in engineering school, fell in love. They want to be together forever. But they also know that if either of them have any hopes of ever getting a job, like they're not going to be able to find a job together or both be able to find jobs together. And they can't afford for them both not to work. So rather than, you know, face near, you know, near certain separation, (laughs) they decide, hey, we'll become pirates. And they hijack a ship and they pull off this really daring escape to take the ship and head to Barbary Station, which is this, you know, luxury space station that everybody knows has been taken over by pirates and nobody has been able to basically you know, kill off the pirates and rescue the station. Um, so it's kind of abandoned and it's a pirate's paradise, or so they think. So they grab the ship, they pull off their, their daring escape, and they're going to pull the ship up to Barbary Station. And their plan is to basically kind of brazen their way in and be like, look, look at what we stole this nice ship for you. Don't you want us to uh, join your pirate crew? But when they arrive, <laughs> they discover that actually the pirates are not living it up on Barbary Station. They are being held hostage by the ship's uh, rogue AI system, which has taken control of the security system and basically is killing anybody on site and attempting to like take over so that it can kill the pirates. And it also shoots down any ship that tries to undock, although it will let ships dock because it lures people in that way. And the pirates are also like they're living on this very unsafe sort of makeshift base that they've welded to the outside of Barbary Station. So it's definitely not a tenable situation. And so Ada and Iridian are like, well, shoot, this is not what we expected. And the pirate crew is like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, welcome you into our crew, but you have to disable the AI. And you clearly can't leave because the AI will kill you. But like, also, if you don't 
disable it, we'll kill you ourselves uh, because they have limited resources. So Ada and Iridian have discovered that they have a pretty big problem on their hands and they have to figure out how to beat it. Um, I really enjoyed this book because it had some good humor. Every single chapter is titled with like the the, um, offense and the crime that they've committed, which is kind of a funny and fitting way to just, you know, keep in mind that they're breaking all sorts of laws and there's very high stakes if they get caught. But first they have to worry about getting out with their lives intact. This is a book that I will admit there are times where it gets very technical because um, one of the women has the ability to access the ship's mainframe with like this implant in her brain. And so she can like visualize and see a lot of like the ship's framework and the technology. And I think because that, I don't know, that gets very metaphorical and it's sometimes hard for me to picture. Some of those sections didn't read quite as um, smoothly or as quickly to me. However, that did not detract from my overall enjoyment of this book. I also really liked that we had this lesbian couple that were an established relationship before the book begins. So you are not necessarily seeing them courting one another and falling in love, but like they're in love and they are also dealing with like some challenges that you know, established couples who've been together for a little while, oftentimes face. Um, But it's still at the same time, it's pretty romantic. And it's really sweet. And I really love their relationship. And they don't break up. So if that's a worry at all, don't worry. Um, It's just a really great sci fi thriller adventure about a lesbian couple trying to survive trying to prove themselves becoming pirates. And it was really great. And so there are two sequels. And um, I know the second book's called The Mutiny at Vestiburg. I can't remember what the third book is called, but I wanted to talk about this book today because I just picked up The Mutiny at Vestiburg and I'm really excited to revisit Ada and Iridium. So that is Barbary Station by R.E. Stearns. And that is it for me today, book nerds. I hope that you're staying safe this weekend and that you're well stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And as always, thanks to our amazing sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I hang out at at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next month on an episode of All the Books with Liberty in which we're going to talk about some of the best nonfiction of the year. And I think I'll be back one more time in 2021 to talk about backlist books. But until then, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.